I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And I'm Mike. And, and we are the Heroes 3. Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of Heroes 3. Uh, normally, we take a look at uh, movies, usually uh, Hong Kong cinema, or we've been looking at Japanese action cinema. Uh, but this week, we're going to take a little bit of a tangential direction, I guess, from what we've been doing. And we're going to look at a episode of a Sentai show from the 70s called Jaka Dengeki Tai, which I'm pretty sure I'm saying right. It's kind of crazy. If you just looked at it, you would never guess that you say Jaka, but you do. So. Yeah. But we have a special guest, as you heard from that uh, <laughs> different intro. Um, we have uh, Carlos's good friend Mike on with us, who knows a dumb amount about Tokusatsu series. So he's the perfect person to have on for this episode. I mean, a dumb amount is a good estimate, I'd say. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not the first time I've ever heard it called like that, but sure, why not? It's usually said behind your back. It's okay. I'm used to it. Story of my life. <laughs> no, thanks for coming on, Mike. This is going to be no so problem. Much fun. No problem. It's like yeah, and I I really think that we should pass it to you right away. So, uh, why are we covering <laughs> this episode of Jaka Dengekitai, which is episode number three, by the way? Well, um, originally, um, Carlos owed me five bucks, and then mm. decided. <laughs> <laughs> No. Cut this out! Cut this out! <laughs> no, no, cut it out. Uh, no. Um, well, the reason we're doing this one is because um, Jaka has a nice bit of uh, Japanese action lineage to it. Um, in this episode, we are um, treated to a guest appearance by the one and only Etsuko Shihomi, um, who I believe it was the previous the previous one to this was. Yeah, she was in the Street Fighter, but she was a lot more of a prominent role. Yeah, yeah, she's had little bits in both of her. Yeah, I just want to Mm -hmm. make sure where I was at in terms of continuity. But um, yeah, so this is an episode that basically is designed to showcase how awesome she is. And it does it in a really good way. Yeah, so this this is gonna be a fun one. Uh, And of course, Jaka is first off to anyone that's trying to search this. Jaka is J-A-K-Q because it's they're all styled after suits like from playing cards. So Jack, Ace, King, Queen. And Dengeki Tai is like Blitzkrieg Squad was what the translation I saw. Like a Blitzkrieg team. It's like the the closest thing because it's like, yeah, like Dengeki. Yeah, it's probably good for us to like cleanse our palate after last week's more like Nazi themed um, <laughs> villainy movie because although again, from what have... I've seen there are Nazis in this series eventually I right? mean, or at least well, and we do sort reprise of. the kind of gas chamber thing in this we episode do. Yeah. So. anyways it's like yeah try let's get those associations like out of our brain yeah. <laughs> so that's why I brought it up that made sense. Okay. <laughs> brought it up so we won't bring it up <laughs> never again what oh, are you talking yeah. about so, Jaka uh, Dengekitai we've talked about it a little bit already so it's a tokusatsu show uh, which is a genre of Japanese uh, cinema that has its roots going far back, like uh, into like uh, the Godzilla era. Tokusatsu basically means like uh, special effects filming, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it's live action film using uh, practical effects, and uh, well, at the start using practical effects, yeah. and uh, usually uh, some form of uh, uh, action involved so with godzilla you got a big dude in a suit which they, I'm, i've heard it called suitmation mike Is yeah that some, that some people will do that and yeah because the original was a combination of suitmation there's like puppetry involved 
with like animatronics. Mm -hmm. Basically, they used everything and anything just to convey the just the story in the world. And that's really something that just carries on like going forward into like the, the even with Jacka, because there's a lot of snap editing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had yes, it for sure. I had it best described to me as like there's that whole concept of like wabi sabi, which is like that whole like I forget like the kind of the transliteration, but it's the idea that it's like you don't really need a whole lot uh, on screen to like, or you only need so much to give information to, so that way you can like kind of carry on. So it's like all you have to do is like a couple of snap edits, so suddenly you have a truck convoy, and where it's really mm. just one over and over um yeah yeah things like that so it's really all about using that to their advantage and so it starts out from the special effects thing and then just goes right into the combat and it's just amazing yeah it's fun stuff so like from godzilla eiji Subaraya and ishiro honda correct correct these are the guys that were very instrumental in creating this genre so eiji Subaraya, after creating godzilla would go on to create uh shows like ultraman and that's like a you know another legendary tokusatsu show uh, which is basically kind of like your superhero fighting Godzilla type monsters where he would grow large, like the size of buildings. And with that, you would get a lot of um, miniature uh, sets. So you get like, you know, like Godzilla going through the city or Ultraman fighting, you know, um, Baragon, right? In this show, Jaka Dengiktai, you see a lot of all of this in, in one uh and I, I mean, Mike picked a great episode because we got like a 20 minute yeah, episode totally. and it's like packed full of mm-hmm. tons of tons of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, um, it's really it's really cool. Yeah. Jacka, like to me, represents, I think, a lot of what Toei was doing really well um, in the 1970s. Um, because at that point, like, you know, kaiju weren't really the focus anymore. And so it's like we have like these human sized tension heroes. They were in the middle of what was known as like the henshin boom kind of created by like common rider so mm-hmm. just about every so, yeah every tv network had like some type of thing um, and henshin actually means to transform so right. what you have here, go go baby yeah much. that's exactly. where beautiful from, yeah. joe so you've mm-hmm. got um your typical kind of hero type characters i mean basically instead of going into a phone booth and ripping their shirt open they get a cool pose and then like, some cool special effects and they transform in front of you into the heroes that fight the villain or in some senses they yeah. just jump up and just shout a word and then it's just a jump cut yeah that's and as you go further and further into the genre you'll see like the more clever ways that they do it it's 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 a lot of fun yeah there yeah. you know there are definitely like tons of tropes within tokusatsu so tons. and it, people will be more familiar with mighty Morphin power rangers because yeah. that became right. a big hit in america even those episodes kind of follow fall into those tropes so you've got your main here I mean, that's what that's morphin time is is basically how they how they translated henshin right I guess they, yeah you know. yeah basically so episodes would usually start you know the main heroes in their normal lives something uh you know something with maybe somebody that's close to them or you know a, a friend or something gets involved with some villains and then the villains are like pulling the strings in the background and then big the main... goofy guy in a costume comes out and yeah. oh yeah no, the main yeah. heroes end up fighting the grunts for a little bit and then mm-hmm. the monster of the week shows up and then they have to up their game and they have to henshin they have to transform and then they fight the monster and then sometimes that escalates to another level where they have to summon like a giant robot or something to fight them mm-hmm. and uh you know the fun is lot is within uh you know how they get to that and actually the gimmicks that each show has yeah, it seems like every every kind of Sentai series like this is, you know, a fairly s- similar like uh, framework 
but then whatever the gimmick thing is like in this one it's you know they're themed after the playing, playing card right, suits yeah. and and everything is kind of built around that and and they kind of extrapolate that yeah there's a a greater degree of seriousness though um with this which is it, yeah it's kind of the allure in some respects um i totally agree i totally agree i actually yeah. was getting some like a-team vibes from some of the like <laughs> oh, totally. the show. Like, it, it kind of is know, i mean like, yeah i mean there's a, whole a lot more people there. get shot than they do in the a-team that's true that's oh true. yeah there's some grisly violence in the show like there's like a kid yeah. that gets like gunned grisly down bloodless violence in in this episode <laughs> well yeah. i mean kind of um, well we should mention ishinomori right Mike, oh wait, we got we gotta mention um yeah, yeah shitaro shinomori um probably one of the most uh prolific manga authors japan um and yeah i'd say like right behind tezuka yeah i mean I've, yeah because i believe they worked together at one point or at least like one mm. like he worked as an assistant but very much ishinomori was doing some amazing stuff and a lot of his claim to fame um has was basically with um projects like cyborg 009 um uh, kikaider and then most famously common writer or, or master writer and that's mm. basically a whole thing where you've got this up-and-coming biochemist slash motorbike racer who ends up being enlisted into an evil organization that may or may not have Nazi ties. Again, going back to that. <laughs> um, oh, it comes back to Nazis. Yeah, it always, it's always them. And so uh, he ends up escaping and declares himself a warrior of justice. And that was the spark that lit the, what we mentioned earlier was the uh, henshin boom. And so you have all these transforming colorful heroes like all over the place. And Shitaru Shimori himself contributed a lot to that. Like there were other things like Optimizer 3, Robot Detective, um, things like that. And after kind of Common Rider uh, kind of ran its course around 1975 when um, Stronger ended up kind of wrapping up. Uh, from there, we ended up getting what is for, considered the first Sentai show which was um, Secret Task Force uh, Go Ranger. And that ran for a number of years and oh man that show was nuts um (laughs) i mean technically if we really want to look at the roots of sentai i mean you can um kind of attribute a lot of that to uh gotcha man um otherwise battle of the planets because a lot of those tropes were very much present in that but it's sort of like a forgive the pun the chicken came before the egg because it's like um cyborg 009 kind of did a lot of the same things and and like gotcha man's doing a lot of the same things but either way the point is that um a lot is owed to him for doing stuff with Go Ranger. And that show, which is like, it's got super grim dark drama, but then you have a guy who has a baseball mask who is killed by a football that turns or that turns into like a thing that he doesn't like that makes him blow up. And of course, of course. Um, I mean, there's there's stuff that we're going to talk about in this episode. Exactly. It falls into those same lines. We're teasing the hell out of it, folks. But I think, you know, we have to mention... Tsuburaya and Ishinomori because without these guys you know we wouldn't really have these ideas that would lead to this show but I mean our show is focusing on the action side of things and the Japan Action Club uh, is an equally integral part to the spirit of these shows exactly because um, yeah without Sonny Chiba and, and his Japan Action Club uh, we wouldn't get the intense fighting that we get in this episode that we're gonna talk about exactly and there's a there's actually an interesting like story with that transition that I wanted to, I want to put in there because the main thing is that for in the very beginning, um, Toei worked with another group entirely for a lot of their action, and that was the uh, the Ono Kenyukai, and so they did a lot of stuff with Common Rider. 
Uh, they started out as a theatrical group, and the main thing is that they had a very... I would kind of call it a little more organic. Like they're rooted more in like sword play and there's like a little bit more of a martial arts thing, but it was very kind of slow moving, very kind of flailing at the times. Um, they did still do some good work, but the main thing is that after a while, Japan Action Club started kind of coming into play and somewhere along the line, someone made the decision that, oh man, we should bring these guys on board and completely have them take over. So... Um, what ends up happening for the first 66 episodes of Go Ranger, uh, the Ken Yukai is the main action team. Uh, but what ends up happening is episode 67, um, which oh my, is the most frantic piece of entertainment. Because <laughs> uh, what happens, and this is a slight spoiler, but whatever. Um, the main thing is that midway through the season for Go Ranger, Key Ranger, the, the Yellow Ranger, uh, ends up leaving, and so he ends up getting swapped uh, swapped with a another actor, uh, and so he becomes the second uh, key ranger who's in there for like a good chunk of the show, but then in episode sixty seven, they are like, okay, we're gonna kill him off because we're gonna bring the new the original actor back, so no. <laughs> the second key Whoa. ranger dies, and Whoa. the team is getting just beaten to a pulp by the monster of the week because they're like, they're only down to four, this is the time, and so they're coming at him. And then at that precise moment, um, the team's tank, Vari tank, which is this garish piece of mecha um, <laughs> with like little swirly eyes and claws and stuff. And it comes down by hot air balloon. Um, what the heck? <laughs> basically what? comes in and then the door swings open and it's one of the agents who assists the team along with the original Yellow Ranger. And he rejoins them. Now, the reason I bring this up is because it's that exact moment when he transforms and rejoins the team. That is the exact moment the Japan Action Club took over for Go Ranger. And, you, wow. and you, you notice it in the episode itself. Like, the style just changes completely. <laughs> it is like someone <laughs> just flipped a switch. And so... It's like they're say- writing in, hey, and now everything gets so much better. Oh, they were so terrible before. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because you're like, all of a sudden, there's like hidden trampoline stunts. There's like all sorts of other flips oh, happening. Sure. It's insane. So, so would you say that it's like a flashier action choreography? Yeah. Um, because the thing with the Japan Action Club is they were known for their high action and intensity. Like their main goal was to raise the level. It's like, it's very prevalent in... Go Ranger to like it escalates a bit, but then when you get from Go Ranger to Jacka, it's like night and day. Mm. There, there's very much a lot more snappy editing going on. There's a lot more mm. jumping, a lot more of aerials and stuff like that. And it's it's mm-hmm. amazing just to watch that switch happen. So unfortunately, the uh, Ken Yukai kind of ends up kind of going to the wayside. I mean, um, they end up showing up more with like Sibiraya with like Ultraman eighty and uh, Kusaiden. And then uh, they also did the Sigamon Deca series, which, of course, is my personal favorite. But they still collaborated with Jack on multiple occasions after that. Cool, cool. All right. Well, I, I think <laughs> that we've got pretty much everything covered. I know that yeah. Mike could talk forever about this, and I really appreciate it. But let's hit yeah. this episode. They have me chained yeah, to a chair. Yeah. I can only speak so many words at a time. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think, first off, before we each end the episode, we should take a look at the back of the VHS. On the next episode of Jaka Dengiktai, Karen, aka Heart Queen, finds her old friend, the Karate Master Natsuko, seething with revenge. Natsuko's younger brother has fallen to the clutches of the evil crime organization in their plot to turn ambitious young men into a deadly suicide squad. 
to save her brother. Natsuko sets out for justice at any cost. Can our hero stop crime before Natsuko goes too far? Iron Fist and Nunchaku will fly in by flush. Roaring Panther, Otarashimini. So the episode starts with this amazing theme song. <laughs> This is simultaneously the most Japanese and the most seventies <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's ever. like the best description. Good old, good <laughs> yeah. old. Uh, yeah, is it Isao Sasaki just like yeah. doing such good work with those pipes? And then they completely butcher this theme when they do the retooling that happens later on. But I digress. No. Oh really? Oh, <laughs> oh, that sucks. Well, hey, uh, that's not this episode. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> uh, we'll, 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 we'll get to there at that point but yeah anyway that's it's just the music for this is really good um shout out to chime watanabe for doing the soundtrack for this one of the most iconic composers in japanese media as far as i'm concerned he did a lot of super robot stuff he did uh a lot of sentai and, and he was practically mr metal hero because he would go on to do space sheriff gavon which is if you want, I mean, if you loved this episode of Jacka, watch Space Sheriff Gavon because that's basically where they turn the dial off to the point where it breaks off, and they don't bother <laughs> sticking it back on in terms of the action it, intensity. It is true. It is yeah. true. And there's a lot, a lot of uh, cross pollination when it comes to Super Robot stuff and uh, Tokusatsu stuff. So like, oh, totally. Mike said, Isao Sasaki and Chume Watanabe would go on to do a lot of like iconic songs for. A lot of the Super Robot shows, like, that's the stuff that I really like a lot, mm-hmm. like, Super Robot cartoons. And, I mean, I guess the couple that I was thinking that kind of relate mostly to our show, uh, Isao Sasaki sings the opening theme songs to Tosho Daimos. <laughs> and Hurricane Polymer, which are two shows that have a lot of a lot to do with martial arts action. Tosho Daimos is... Uh, basically, Matthew, you said you saw some G Gundam, right? Yeah, I've I've watched through most of. So um, you, I'm trying to work through the rest of it. But. Sure, sure. You know how they pilot the robots in that show, where they're yeah, just kind they're of standing like, they're in the suits and whatever that they kick-ass do. music plays every time he puts on the suit. Yeah, it yeah, lingers exactly. on his butt like a little too long. Oh yeah, very much. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> five um, minutes too long. That that show. The, they pilot the robot the same way. And Hurricane Polymer okay, cool. is kind of like um, Gacha Man or like these kind of uh, superhero characters. But his whole like one of his gimmicks is that he does martial arts and he has a lot of like Bruce Lee like attacks. Basically, uh, imagine. He like, sings... Yeah, I was going to say like imagine like Bruce Lee with like a Power Ranger suit. And that's essentially what Polymer is in a nutshell. Exactly. Exactly. But Isao Sasaki sang like all the songs for these shows. And Very one cool. thing I found out was that I didn't realize he did a lot of voice acting as well. Oh, yeah. I knew that he did like Joe the Condor, right? And Gacha Man. Yeah. But did he also, anytime Sylvester Stallone's in a movie in Japan, he was the dub voice for Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fun. I could totally see yeah. that. I want to see the Japanese dub of Rocky immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I actually wouldn't mind him dubbing Sly's like English performances. It's not how hard. It's like you a separate hit. audio stem on the DVD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was actually wondering what you guys 
watching and listening to this opening song, what you thought of Isao Sasaki's singing voice, because it's 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 very distinct. Um, I fell in love very hard and very fast. So no, I thought it was terrific. And like Matthew said, it's just a great theme. I mean, for me, it's like up there with Bewitched and Green Acres. I mean, it's <laughs> nice. no, no. I mean, no. I, I mean it. it. It's like awesome. classic. That's awesome. And it, it does it does what a great TV theme should do, which is other than being like melodically infectious and memorable, it's really pitching the show to you like it's mm-hmm. almost as quickly as possible no i mean i love it. yeah it, it's kind of more of like an operatic kind of theatrical sort of vibrato or whatever but yeah. i don't know i just it all mixed with all of these other great 70s japanese elements for yeah. me and i don't know i just loved it so after the song ends we get to see who we find out is karen the heart queen comes driving in in this amazing car <laughs> like this i love this car yeah, available cool. as a special toy from for our wonderful friends over at poppy yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. it's a modified uh morris mini moke you know i like to look up these cars mm-hmm. so uh each of the <laughs> vehicles in uh in on the squad they all have like these cool modified cars and she gets a really cute buggy looking vehicle mm. and she's got an incredible outfit going on mm. too <laughs> Uh, yeah. With like this this pink and red thing with these match like red hot pants with matching boots, she needs to do something with her hair though, like not oh, to get I too like her, judgy. I like her like crazy bangs and her long hair. I, actually, are, are you I saying it's pictures? just like lacking a little volume or something, Matthew? Yeah. Well, I just I feel like she just looks really <laughs> angry because because it's kind of covering up her eyebrows. The, I mean, the yeah. Can you blame yeah. her though? Like you know, was it, I think like her, was it um, someone close to her was killed off, so she ended up like willingly becoming a cyborg. Also. Believe it or not, um, yeah, actually, you get your wish later on in the show, because when they do yeah. the retool, they also chop her hair off. They cut her hair. Oh. Yeah. They, well, they, I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Maybe it's just, just personal, <laughs> just personal preferences, I guess. <laughs> and also, whenever she immediately comes in and, and uh, we see Atsuko Shihomi as, oh, what was her character's name? Natsuko. 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 There you go. Uh, she can see her and, of course, Tsuko Shiomi's gorgeous. So I don't know. I have I have a, I have a major crush on her. I so. got you. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't blame much. you. She she's amazing like that. Yep. that she's, this yeah. scene is great though because yeah, yeah you know, they, they immediately don't, start fighting. No yeah, context. No context. She's you. If you see Natsuko, she's actually like painting outdoors. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like a, and uh, Karen just runs up and just does like a jump kick, and they just start fighting right away. It's <laughs> no dialogue, no nothing. And like, it's great. Actually, it's great. The, the costuming is like perfect contrast for this little fight because mm-hmm. it's like long yeah, pants sure. versus shorts and it's like yellow versus pink and red against white. And so it's like, it's really clear the, the combat in this little uh, little moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, some pretty flashy uh, uh, flipping and cartwheeling. And yeah, it's and, great. Um, I'd say that Etsuko Shihomi's outfit is almost similar to the yellow and white she was wearing in her fight scene in Hoero Tekken. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kinda, yeah, totally. Yeah, almost. It's mm. like a little, little similar. I mean, that was, I think, like a couple of years after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's, I don't know if we mentioned it, but we are jumping backwards in time for this one instead of forwards like we usually do. Yeah, Jaka Dengiktai took, uh, was filmed this and was like shown in 1977. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we find out that the these two characters have some history and that she retired from fighting because she felt like she wanted her brother to like go on to and, like, this compete, yeah. kind of karate master and, and compete and everything. Yeah, so what it sounds like is that um, sister and brother, the brother 
was the one that uh, is set to inherit the uh, dojo. Mm -hmm. But uh, Natsuko, she's like a karate like genius. So she's actually yeah. like more skilled than her brother. Uh -huh. uh, so uh, for the sake of her family, for the sake of her brother, she's choosing to retire. So her shadow won't be looming over him as the uh, master of the dojo. Right. And it's like exposition just in time because then we kind of end up cutting to what her brother yeah. is actually up to. Yeah. Yeah, we cut to, <laughs> like, like you were saying before about the, it, it makes you feel like there's a whole convoy of cars, even though there's literally just two. Yeah. And we see this uh, police uh, truck, which I guess is supposed to be an armored truck, but I guess that was too expensive <laughs> for the budget. So <laughs> it's just like a van and these guys in a Jeep come screaming around the corner all jump out and like start shooting up these cops and stealing i guess money or something and um we whenever one of the guys takes off his mask it just freezes on him and we see it's uh natsuko's brother from before uh and again like you're saying with like the the quick cuts and stuff where it's like we had a big zoom in on his face in the picture now i had the big zoom out on his face in real life and that's all you gotta do yeah yeah, yeah. And her brother, Hayato, is played by Kenji Oba, who is another uh, Japan Action Club star. And he's the star That's of what I figured. the show that Mike mentioned a little while ago, uh, Space Sheriff Gavon. Yeah, um, he would go on to have a very awesome career in, in like terms of like the hero shows and the like. Yeah, because the whole thing was like Kenji Oba would um, he he would go on and that would be like his biggest claim to fame was with mm -hmm. Space Sheriff Gavon. Um, but before that, he would actually go on to be in the sequel to Jekka, uh, Battle Fever J, where he would play Battle Kenya. Um, <laughs> Battle Fever J, by the way, being the Sentai series where everyone is powered by the ability. Was it? It's basically everyone's fighting style is powered by dance styles from all over the world. And there's like Ooh. Miss Miss America, who's like disco. And Ooh. so <laughs> Battle Kenya is African dance, and no uh, way. Battle Japan is basically karate, which is wow. kind of hilarious <laughs> because there's like a whole thing by, um, what was it, in Karate uh, Bullfighter where he's like, was it Sony Chiba has his whole like spiel like, you know, karate will become a dance someday if this keeps up. And what? there we go. <laughs> there we are. Yeah. So he's That's like, funny. he's breakdancing in his grave. Um, wow, a, a dance themed <laughs> Sentai show. Maybe yeah, I'm sure Sunny Chiba's still alive, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. But he sleeps well, in a grave. That's how he has that. Well, <laughs> well I, I mean, the character, he plays, <laughs> the character he plays in the movie and uh, oh, Oyama okay. and all that. But uh, okay. yeah, uh, and also fun uh, fact: uh, Battle Fever J was a co-production with Marvel, um, with uh, huh. Toy Marvel. Yeah, oh, that's man. how that started. Um, I wish we could go. Marvel. I wish we could go back to those days, Carlos. Oh, I was gonna say pre-buyout Marvels, fascinating. Oh, they man. did so much stuff in an attempt to oh. to be popular. Oh, there's a yeah, there's a, like a whole spiel I could go on about like Marvel's deal with Toei because they they co-produced a couple of shows. But oh. um, the, but the other thing too though was that um, I'm sure we'll do Japanese Spider-Man at some point, and I will so. come running. Just say the one, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he also appeared in the series after that, which was a uh, Denji Man. And he played Denji Blue, and the uh, the reason I'm bringing all this up is because a couple years later they would highlight this fact in a team-up movie where kenji oba would basically go up against kenji oba and kenji oba so oh, Ga Gavon, yeah, Gavon so got like to Haley meet mills and Haley mills yeah Gavon got to meet uh <laughs> denji blue and battle kenya and that's, i love that stuff it's that's, the best thing ever so that's yeah it's great, great. so this is anyway, a pretty star-studded uh guest 
uh, guest oh, episode. really? Is yeah. I mean, this is when he was really kind of coming into his own. I mean, like he did all of his own stunts in Battle Fever J. By the way, like he was in and out of suit. Oh, very cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's something too. A lot of the times, um, the actors playing the heroes wouldn't be the same actors when the mm-hmm. uh, when they were transformed. So they'd have stuntmen because yeah. obviously it's pretty easy to throw a stuntman yeah. in a. Uh, and of mask. course, that's the entire idea behind Power Rangers <laughs> right. is they put on the mask and then we cut to the Japanese, uh, Japanese footage show. that we already own. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Stuff that we bought from Toei and and made stupid Everyone, amounts of money on. Yeah, oh and get God. really mad whenever people try to do things with it. Saban <laughs> is also really, really litigious, but they don't have nearly as much right to it as Toei. Oh does. no, they don't. But the other thing but, too with the stunt double situation, um, I mean, and it's also worth noting, like you know, like whenever it happens with uh, Jack members, it's that um, in. The first common Rider show, um, Hiroshi Fujioka, who would later go on to play the one and only Sega to Sanjiro, uh, yeah. the Sega Saturn commercials. Um, he famously did all of his own stunts in the first six or so episodes of Common Rider, and then he decided he was going to do a motorcycle stunt and collided with a telephone pole and shattered his left leg. Oh, wow. so yeah, so they wrote him out of the show quick, and yeah, that's it. That'll, they, that'll they, stop you. Yeah, so ever since then, they've been super wary of actors doing their own stunts. So hmm. with Jack's intensity and, and, and their whole approach to things like, you know, Ken Gioba is like, well, you know, flies in the face of all that. But, hmm. you know, when you see everyone in this and you see like Etsuko and you're like, oh, my God, please don't die on those rocks. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Whenever they're driving away after they after they steal the money, we get this great zoom in on the hill overlooking it. And. <laughs> This he this monster of the weeks. I love it. He's so goofy looking. Oh, yep. He's like this big metal monster, but like all of his like instead of horns, it's like dynamite sticks, and one of his arms is just a dynamite and stick. They, they don't dwell on it, but he has these really almost like inflamed pectoral t- <laughs> or like tin pectoral musculature. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Some and little fuses shapes, sticking yeah. out of every which way. Right. He just looks like a. Uh, anthropomorphic like pile of bombs yeah <laughs> a, a bomber man if you will a bomber so. man oh god no. i also was thinking about like the itchy and scratchy uh episode where <laughs> scratchy like has like his bomb bride yeah, yeah. the end kiss the bomb yep that's what i was thinking so they're about. basically related okay yep <laughs> they like raise little bomb children <laughs> Oh gosh! Uh, Let's knock into the Simpsons. That'll also be an hour-long diversion. Yeah, um, coming soon to the Heroes Three podcast. Uh, <laughs> so then um, we get to, we find out that the name of the evil organization is Crime, which I love. <laughs> yep, oh, yeah. great. it's great. They'll never expect it. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I first watched this, I watched it on Google Drive, and the subtitles didn't work. So but I was still able to kind of figure it out because, you know, it's not too long. It's not, you know, it's not a super dense plot or anything. Yeah, it's not Shakespeare. But it was just really funny hearing them talking back and forth and then be like, Crime. Crime. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait what? They were so good. Crime? With, like, I'm sure those... there's a Japanese word for crime. Yeah, they were so good <laughs> with those like villain organization names back then. Because mm-hmm. you had God, which was like the government of darkness. Oh, uh, <laughs> Oh, we have um, to fight God. Oh, there's also Black Satan that shows up later on. Mm, um, yep. There's there's uh, Death Dark, which is like 
the evil science or dark science organization. Um, you can just you can just see the writers' room. No ideas off the table, guys. Like, <laughs> nothing's too extreme. Let's just just, let's just take just a cool English word. Yeah, it's like okay. So also, what do they represent? Death. Nothing dark? sacred, including God. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. Um, I also think that the I don't think they mention it in this episode, but the. Interpol organization that Jaka Dengekitai works under is uh, called ISIS. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that. Oh, yeah, but that's... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There is... But they have a I talking mean, dog, is, like, so the, it works out. <laughs> there is, like, the Egyptian goddess called right. ISIS. And yeah, stuff. Totally. of course. Yeah. It's a thing. Of course. And actually... No, of course, that, that makes going back to the first seasons of Archer kind of tough. To say, yeah. no. Oh, right. That's right. So uh, now we get to see a little bit into the world of, of crime. We yeah, we see, actually um, cut back to the dojo. It, it's really great because it, it honestly seemed like the cameras are still rolling from the last scene. <laughs> yeah, um, and they probably but were. But now it's that like, oh, I've got case. photos and like, yeah, some nicely developed black and, also and white I love photos they have, from the... I love they have the photos, but the photos are just stills from the scene we literally just saw. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It, but it's them saying, hey, you're, guess what? Your brother wasn't actually at training camp or whatever. He was at the evil camp, I guess. And <laughs> For Operation he, Commando. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then they, that's whenever Natsuko basically says she's going to, you know, do what do what she needs to do to, to try to f- get her brother back and, and stop crime from brainwashing people. And that's right. This is whenever we get to see the uh, the headquarters of of crime. I wasn't quite sure what was going on with the. I'm guessing the villain. Mm-hmm. He has like a big old beard, and I it might be a hat. It's kind of hard to tell if that's it a hat like or a, if that's his chair. A cloud or... afro kind of situation. Oh yeah, no, no, it, it is a, a cloud, cloud afro. afro. And then yeah. he also has a uh, basically a giant uh, shiny rocket hand. Yeah, <laughs> that he can launch and kill people with. Yeah, Good. in a couple in a episodes. super duper shiny robe. Yeah, that I'll bet was a real pain to shoot. Oh yeah, totally. So uh, Matthew, did you happen to recognize the guy playing? Uh, he's called Ironclaw. I oh the the big bad. Yeah. I, I did, and you can't really get a good look on him. Ironclaw is played by Masashi Ishibashi. Oh, very oh, no cool. Kidding. Yeah. So that's, man, that's he's he's just everywhere. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So the so the true hero, <laughs> right? Crime did nothing wrong. Right. Whoa, whoa! The other, thing, <laughs> the other thing that's worth mentioning too is that uh, you know we just watched this episode, but I watched the first two episodes leading up to it, and there's this kind of henchman that's with him that kind of just looks like a sleazy businessman. Yeah, and, yeah, um, I love that guy. In the yeah. first two episodes, there was another guy. That was called like Tokyo Boss, and this guy is called Yokohama Boss. But they totally pull like a Darth Vader, where the other guy wasn't—he uh, kept failing, so he kills oh, him. So he... Oh, I, <laughs> so, I, I, I haven't <laughs> seen Star Wars yet. Can you not spoil it? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You mean what Star Wars? You mean that famous movie from 1977? <laughs> yeah. 1977, oh, the movie man. of which I have plagiarism. Way too, posters, way too many posters throughout my. Yeah, apartment. wait a second. Wow, that's uh. crazy. <laughs> 77 <laughs> oh man it yeah it's funny because this show started in april and then re- so it's like it started pre-star <laughs> wars May, coming out in the so... world and then kind of <laughs> well that's why yeah, like you have um what was it in denji man uh later on like the villains were called the vader clan 
and then, <laughs> and then in Sun Vulcan, you they have the main guy uh, who actually looks like Darth Vader. And then it would all culminate in uh, Space Sheriff Gavon, where he has a lightsaber. He's running from the boulder from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, and... <laughs> oh that sounds amazing. <laughs> It's Toei, really cool. yeah, Toei will just rip the hell off anything, but it it resulted in a really. But if you really try to show. steal anything from them, then <laughs> oh, they no. will they will like burn your house down and, <laughs> and make you buy the Blu-ray set. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, let's keep moving, guys. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's okay. So, so next we get, we get to see them. Uh, where are they? I actually don't even know where are they even attacking this point. I don't know. I don't know, but anyways, like crime is military is coming in, in and, like a sky blue, yeah, get up that ah, something like that. Pretty cool, but but we just get another great like shootout scene, and then we get an amazing model explosion. Yeah, this uh, looks the first great. of first of several. But this is actually a legit, really good like explosion. Yeah, and, and we're watching it in like a like a nice transfer. Like if you would have been watching this on your like CRT at the time, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, no, this looks amazing. But then they the the crime gets away, and now our our heroes Jaka comes in, and all of all of their cars are amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're uh, really Carlos. Cool. You did a little bit of research on on all these things, right? Sure. Yeah. So um, each character has their own vehicle, and uh, so there are four team members, and um, Spade Machine is uh, Spade Ace, the main the like the Red Ranger. Yeah. Um, he's got uh it's called spade machine it's a modded fiat x19 the diamond guy his he's got mock daya which is a formula 2 racer which is pretty cool and it looks that's my favorite vehicle of all oh yeah, oh, yeah it's, it's cool. easily really? the best one yeah it kind of made me think a yeah. speed racer a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah and we've got heart buggy like i mentioned before it's a morris mini moke uh modified and oh, auto clover um is uh clovers and it's like a really cool modified suzuki gt 380 which is a, yeah. like a sweet uh japanese uh motorcycle all Dude, these things are great awesome research man yeah yeah, yeah it's fun. Yeah, props, man. but they do uh what they find there after you know saying that you have to stop the evil crime they find out that her uh hayato the brother is still alive and they they get him and bring him to a hospital. And that's where he kind of shares his story to his sister, saying that uh, basically the the Yokohama boss gave him performance-enhancing drugs yeah. <laughs> before a competition. Uh, but it turns out that they're actually like mind-controlled drugs or, or something. And so he and a bunch of other people get manipulated to to work for crime against their will. This is like a timely episode for Russian doping and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. This is part of what like made Jaka like really dark. Like, cause they actually are like one of the few shows that actually went into like drug abuse wow. and things like that. So, um, yeah, no, this is a Remember whenever those, uh, Russian athletes got caught doping and then they ran outside and exploded. Yeah, exactly. That, oh, yeah, cause that happens in this. Yeah. So it's, it's ripped right from the headlines. <laughs> I, I feel it's, so awful, but it's definitely one of my. It's one of the moments. funniest bits. Yeah, gosh, it was so funny. Just the I cut think, that happens. Oh my god! I think the whole episode yeah. is one long jiffable moment. It actually. really, Dude, gosh, so every bit's true, amazing. So true. There's also, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. If, I, uh, I don't know if it was that like I wasn't paying proper attention in the in the opening titles because I was so loving the music or I just hadn't done my research. But I loved that up until this moment, this seemed like the highest concept thing to me that they installed like an alarm clock bomb inside his chest. But then they cut immediately to that. And I guess 
that's when I first realized that Karen was a robot. And so was like, oh, okay, yeah, she's a great robot. Um, and well, I don't I mean, know, this is something song, that I love. Know. Like, I think in like more of like a Hollywood LA system, there's usually such a fear of like the audience not getting like the tone of something. It's like tone, 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 yeah. tone. And so you're trying to deliver all that stuff usually like right out of the gate kind of as quickly as possible. And I don't know. I really delighted in that. Yeah. The way that hit is almost as Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the whole backdrop of the show. It's, it's like, there are basically four people who were all asked by the team leader who goes by the codename Joker, by the way, who also has a mm-hmm. talking hamster. Um, oh, I know I said dog does earlier. It, talk? oh, it, talk? it talks. It talks. It's actually a oh, cyborg man. hamster. And it talks. No. It's a cyborg hamster. Oh, I can't believe we missed out on a talking hamster episode. <laughs> <laughs> He's very prompt. Well, that's the thing with a lot of the Sentai shows is they all had a talking mascot at one point or other. Like uh, Denji Man, you had uh, Icy, who's like this, I think it was a Shiba Inu. I can't remember. But no like, way. yeah, like the dog is responsible for bringing the team together and he has like the most adorable voice. Um, oh, man. Yeah, but either way. Um, yeah, so he has the talking hamster. And um, they're all like, okay, so I need you to willingly become cyborgs for me. And there's no way to come back from it. And so mm-hmm. they all get outfitted with all sorts of crazy technology. Yeah, yeah I know you guys uh, probably just watched this episode. But yeah, if you guys watched that first episode where he's basically <laughs> like Professor X finding all of these people and making a team. It's hilarious. Oh, because like, great. yeah, the uh, Spade Ace is like the world's great- greatest athlete. They show him doing horse riding and swimming and stuff. Then the Diamond dude, he's like a disgraced boxer that's been framed for murder. And the only way that like he can get freedom is to become a cyborg in this team. So it's like yeah. almost like a blackmail situation. And it's like they yeah. almost never address it again after that. Yeah. And um, Karen, uh, she's like a an ace detective that her and her father like had just like close this huge case and they're like celebrating and then uh crime ends up crashing into them and her father dies and she loses her arm so then uh she you know in order to exact revenge on crime she joins the the team but then (laughs) um the last guy is just straight up dead it's like oh where's this guy oh no he died in a submarine and then a joker's like oh perfect i'll make him a cyborg it's like wait what (laughs) <laughs> oh, you can just do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, you know, whatever. It's it's for justice, you know, yeah, it's whatever. it's for justice. It's for justice. <laughs> whatever it takes. But so they they need to figure out where crimes, like, training places. And they they do some science. They have, like, lots of little f- beakers and flasks. And they're, like, taking soil samples and, and stuff. Which I thought was kind of a, you know... A fun little little add on. Yeah, totally. Yeah, then they are, hop into these are the kind of things that where I was kind of getting these A team vibes from because like oh, you've sure. got the scene where the bad guys show up and they're shooting that building up and then it blows up and then you've got the scene where like good guys are doing like what they're really good at like they're specialists you know yeah, so it yeah. kind of reminded me of the A team. Yeah and, yeah, and we're like yeah. totally we're predating the A team by like at least four or five years. Yeah, I think. good few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess silly campy things kind of have similar. Uh, <laughs> Similar DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we they figure out where the, the hidden fortress is, basically. And <laughs> Kurosawa they hop up. into. Sorry. Yep. 
And then they hop into <laughs> does their does their plane thing have a name? Sky Ace. Sky Ace. Sky Ace. Okay. They have an Sky Ace and Sky Ace is awesome and I want it on my desk. Yeah. <laughs> also Sky, available from it looks Poppy. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um and, it's a really and great model. The, yeah, all the model special effects with Sky Ace are mm. top notch. Mm-hmm. It's really funny because some of the bits with the models look really good, and then some bits of the models are like, "That's just a guy with a model," <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, I feel, I feel like it kind of goes between the two. Yeah, I mean, you could tell where the money ran out, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. But they go to the, they find the island, and there you we see all the guys that are um, training, and the. Oh, what's the name of the bad guy for this episode? It's like Devil Bomb or something like that. Yeah, because they're all like devil robots. So it's like yeah. Devil Bomb or something. Yeah. So Devil Bomb is is basically says to them, hey, if you come any closer, we're going to, you know, kill one of these people and or we're going to kill these people. And they kill one of them as like, a you know, saying, like, show they're, they're serious. And it's great because we get a great shot of the dummy just kind of flopping down <laughs> over the cliff. Yeah, that's too good. Um and, and I so really, they turn around and they're like, but they're like, trust me, it's a real person. Yep. Yeah, I really like Karen's reaction. Like, yeah, this yeah. Is super yeah. tight zoom in. Another great gifable moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. The other thing, and I don't know if it pops up here, but we've definitely already encountered it once or twice, is I love the use of the narrator, like just kind of filling in some context mm-hmm. and like uh, expositional little gaps without kind of ruining the pace of our edit and action and everything yeah oh that was something that was like super prevalent through a lot of the 70s like as you got into like the 80s it kind of faded away a bit uh especially when you got to like the later half of it but up until about was say bioman that was kind of the order of the day so about like 1984 Mm. 1985-ish yeah i like that there's a a a certain respect for the audience like Mm -hmm. or their their patience or kind of understanding Mm -hmm. that they want it's a very kind of Japanese thing. Um, they are, yeah. yeah, I mean, they tend to really like having things explained for them. That's why you have like the, I know, Kamishibai, uh, the paper like slides and stuff like that being a thing. Or you have sure. like the whole profession of like with silent films, you used, they actually had people who would like ner- narrate the film to the audience. And that was a mm. whole thing. Like there was a whole, I mean, if you want, wow. you know, want to talk about how crazy it was when um, talkies came in for like America. In Japan, there was like a full on strike because you had these people whose entire <laughs> living was yeah. based off of like being these narrators. And so now they were out of a job. Um, yeah. Huh. Actually, yeah. when I was doing research for Yojimbo, I was looking into Kurosawa a bit. I was and just about Kurosawa, to say. Yeah, was young. His brother, that was his profession. And when the industry changed, his brother really couldn't handle it. And his brother actually ended up killing himself. Oh, and my it was gosh. really like a huge. Uh, um, a huge crisis in uh, his family's life. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like the, the this narrator stuff is really really cool and it's a it's a yeah. great trope. It makes things seem so much cooler, you know. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. you could just see somebody, you know, grab their arm and like do a cool punch, but then if you get a freeze frame and you get the narrator saying like Mike Dent summons all the power yeah. to his fist and he tries <laughs> Oh, you know, yeah. like, oh there, there we go. It's like, like it's the like, spade punch is capable of punching at, at Mach 4 yeah. and counterpulling yeah. a person yeah, yeah. 3 miles away or something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. it's really so cool. good. And then they ramp it up to 11 and Space Sheriff Gavon, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just gonna keep plugging that show, Tony. Yeah, <laughs> hint, hint. Uh, 
And then, believe it or not, based on whatever the timeline looks like right now, this is halfway through the episode. Hey! <laughs> so, so we get an awesome, we get an awesome commercial break. Eye catch. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Eye catch. Yeah, there you go. Eye catch. I love the art for 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 these. Like, I love, I, I get the whole point of Sentai stuff is that it's live action, but I love seeing art like drawings of of sentai heroes because it always makes it even more colorful than, yeah, than it usually totally. can be in in live action yeah right. and that's by shotaro ishinomari that artwork oh awesome. oh very cool okay he did uh yeah i believe that because it kind of looks kind of like cyborg 009 yeah. like the style a little bit yeah that was kind of the order of the day going from there i want to say like because he did go ranger and he did jacka's things um i can't remember if he did you know battle fever what i forgot who did the artwork for that that's where we kind of became more grounded when they started doing like stuff like that mm-hmm. but yeah no those ishinomori eye catches are really cool i just want like all of them framed at some for point real. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally so when we come back from the break we get a flashback scene with natsuko and hayato basically them training with each other and natsuko really pushing her brother really hard and she kind of blames herself a little bit for for his death and it's great she kind of swears that she's gonna you know she's going to save everyone else that's been affected by crime and uh, she grabs these nunchucks that are sitting on uh sitting nearby and like breaks the seal on them and then starts just swinging these two nunchucks back and forth it's, it's great so great yeah it's it really is. good ah, so cool and then you remember why they brought her into the episode in the first place yes yeah exactly <laughs> and the, the little sequence in the flashback of uh natsuko and hayato like they're uh-huh. them fighting in the dojo i think that this yeah, scene like little... just this whole Actually, flashback yeah. and her doing the nunchucks thing it might be my favorite scene in the whole episode i especially yeah. mm-hmm. really like the wire work it's like just you know fantastic enough right. you know so mm-hmm. like he'll like shoulder toss her but they use the wires to help her like recover from the fall and they're going back and forth it's really well done i love it and now we get another one of these Japan Action Club movies where there's a speedboat just kind of thrown in <laughs> with no explanation of how they got it. Well, how else are they uh, going to get to Rabbit Island? I mean, come on. That's now. true. That's true. <laughs> um, and we see um, Natsuko. Does she ever get a cool like hero name like the other people? No, she doesn't. Well, She's the only time she no. shows up, and it's so heartbreaking. I was just yeah, because she has this amazing like all black outfit except for a white scarf, a white belt, and these white boots. It's very striking. I love it. Yeah, right. They don't they don't say anything about it really. Yeah, she gets her own like kind of cool hero outfit that mm-hmm. isn't you know in line with the Jaka Dengekitai's design. But I mean, the name of the episode is five flush roar panther so i think that you know her in that black like latex yeah, outfit, roaring panther i gotcha yeah, like, I like that. i'm even though they don't mention it by name i think that's the name that they're giving her yeah i mean well yeah, they say I like believe that. yeah roar panther i mean yeah and like the credits but then you say panther and all i can think of is the great chase and you know what happens in that movie um <laughs> <laughs> And I, I just, I, I just have horrible, horrible thoughts. But uh, I, yeah, oh my gosh. But yeah, no, she looks so good in that outfit. And yeah, it's really cool. And the other trademark that I really love from this era and these hero shows is all the heroes always have cool scarves on. <laughs> scarves so it just adds, yeah, and adds a really cool they're flair. They're brave to... and they're sensible. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, if you see a 
person with a cool cool. pose but you also see like a windswept scarf blowing out past them it just like adds that that's always that's it that's like plus five modifier you're not gonna exactly plus five to cool exactly yep Yep, Uh, totally but so she gets on the island and just starts wrecking fools. Oh, yeah. that's um, glorious. Uh, Karen's there with her. And I, I really like this because they start trying to shoot guns at them. And uh, Karen uses her like magnetic manipulation abilities to absor- basically suck up all of the bullets so she can catch them in her hand. Yeah, um, we get awesome. a, We get the great narrator coming in yeah, explaining yeah, how that works. <laughs> And I love it because it. I feel like in a lot of these things, you just think to yourself, why don't they just shoot them? And, <laughs> and this is know. why. Because they're trying to shoot them, but they can't. So they have to do cool hand-to-hand combat. It's like, all right, okay, I got you. I like that. That's great. <laughs> and there's some great tension, I think, with Jacka. Because at first you're thinking like, okay, so they transform um, in a very unconventional way. Like, Because what happens is they're, as opposed to getting like cool rings or whatever, um, essentially they have to go into Sky Ace, hop in a chamber, can infuse with their respective force, and then that way they can get their suits activated. So what happens is at first you're like, oh God, but that's so tedious. It's like, like they'd be like the ones <laughs> lagging behind. But then you think about it. I'm like, no, that's tension. Cause then it's like, okay, Sky Ace is on the way. You have to hold out for like three minutes and they're getting like yeah. overwhelmed. And then finally Sky Ace shows up and then you're like, oh yes, this is it. So and I think it works very effectively here because it's, you know, it's just, you know, Karen and, and Natsuko and it's just them against the world at this point and all hell's breaking loose and then the sky shows up and then you're like oh god here yeah. we go yeah. this is it it's it's really cool and and in a lot of ways i almost enjoy it more uh, you know karen and natsuko just like kicking butt on their own i want to I think that they're yeah, really totally. like yeah you could almost like i almost want like a spinoff of just them two doing stuff because <laughs> they're both awesome they like i think when it comes to the the fighting uh karen's really proficient like she looks very stylish not just her outfit but you know mm-hmm. the moves that she does are really nice and um i mean obviously etsuko shihomi is is the best I, yeah. oh I, etsuko shihomi kicking people's butts all day long yeah and I, seeing them too and you know defeating all these little goons and um i also like that they do the, the little <laughs> <laughs> and i love they make the same kind of e noise even whenever they're like getting murdered <laughs> they yeah, make yeah. the same noise i did want to throw in real quick though um yeah because karen is played by an actress by the name of michi love she was in the japan action club for a while um she kind of vanished after the 80s I was trying to find out some stuff about her, and I couldn't figure anything out. Yeah, I guess. What's well, yeah? That's kind of the sad thing with a lot of a lot of Japanese female professionals is that it's just kind of uh, expected things like, oh, well, you're in your 30s now. Well, now you're gonna have kids and and quit your job and focus on that. Yeah. Because you see that happen. There's a lot of those great game composers from the 80s where that's what happened. I'm pretty sure that's what happened with Itsuko Shihomi as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, she had a very lucrative career going on into the 80s. Um, and like the early well, she 90s. did, but at, there's like a hard stop at like 89 on her her little her filmography where it's just it's just done. It's just, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, she's I mean she's been like resurfacing and doing like charity work, which is really cool yeah but that's probably because she probably has kids that are grown now yep. at this point yeah <laughs> um yeah with um yeah it was with michi like she was in like the bodyguard and which is another big like you know jack project but um apparently she's an english teacher so um oh, wow. yeah cool. <laughs> yeah so she's around there somewhere um she would later show up in spider-man, Spider-Man. 
uh, episode 36, and then would also show up in Battle Fever J, both playing, uh, well, kind of foreign villains in both of them. She plays Dr. Miracle in episode 36. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we get to see the there was like this cannon that was shooting at Sky Ace before. Now they uh, the, the cannon starts shooting at them and they basically just shoot out this big claw that grabs onto it and pulls it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Devil Bomb or whatever it was, uh, he he uh, tries to like trap these people. That's what we were mentioning before about another another gas chamber. Um, but oh, the Sky Ace is able to to kind of break them out and they regroup. And this is whenever we get the, the Henshin time where they kind of go into these like chambers and, and transform there. Yeah. I love what our fan sub says. Uh, now I can't remember, but it's like it replenishes their energy or something. Anyways, it was like really nice uh, language there. Yeah. Oh, hang on. The, the hyperbole. It. Yeah. Um, Cause it's basically like each of their forces. No, it fortifies. Like, yeah. It fortifies yeah. their, it res- uh, it, they're bathed in their respective fortifying energies oh. and become an invincible Jaka fighter. Dude, that's yeah. beautiful. Yep. <laughs> that's so cool. They're always, yeah, man. I've always wanted those toys. I, I will be the first to admit that. Because oh, yeah. they actually sold <laughs> oh, like, yeah. the capsules. Oh, yeah. Power Ranger toys are my favorite ones. Yeah. So I would have killed with these. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so um, did yeah. you guys look at those playing cards when they show them in the, in the episode? I was waiting for I you mean, to mention this. Besides just that they're playing cards. Yeah. They're Nintendo. Oh, are they Nintendo yeah, playing N- cards? Nintendo yeah. playing yep. cards. Yeah. You see oh, that, that's awesome. The Ace has a Nintendo logo right on it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah free, so cool. free video game Nintendo. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's very so cool. cool. Have you have any of you guys ever been to the uh the Ninten- the little Nintendo museum at their uh store in, in New York City? No. No, I'd love to check that out. It's really cool because they have uh, some display cases with a lot of the the old wares, you know, going way way back, and yeah, a lot of like different the grabby arm stuff. thing and like all those. Like, oh yeah, old but yeah, toys. a lot of the old like uh, yeah. cards and and stuff for sale. I mean, because yeah, I mean the company goes back to like the late eighteen hundreds, I think is what. Yeah, really cool. So cool. So now we have our heroes. They're in their respective yep. outfits, and those are really cool. They've got each helmet has. Like the the viewing like like hole is basically the shape of the yeah, card like the suit that the they represent. Yeah, they hadn't quite figured out visors yet, but I they still could think it's kind of cool though because it's yeah. like almost abstract in a way. It you know, it kind makes of charm. the yeah, it makes the heroes look that much more foreign. You know, you mm-hmm. don't see like a mouth and a nose or anything like that. Yeah, they also have these cool little like half capes going on. Those look really cool. I just think that they're really cool. Like they. They match each other, but they're all very distinct. They all have like their different uh, abilities, and one of my favorites is whenever Spade Ace uh, has like a bow and arrow that he shoots, and it has a cool name, but he just kind of shoots and bow and arrow at the guy, <laughs> and he just is kind of like ah, <laughs> you yeah, shot me. Spade the and all that. Oh god. In, yeah, he calls it Spade Arts. In Go Ranger, oh, yeah. it gets ridiculous cuz you have um cuz our ranger has the bow and arrow and it's called the blue cherry. But then what happens is they all get an upgrade and it's just a bigger bow. And so whenever he uses it, he's like Urutora blue cherry and like and it's just like <laughs> and he just oh, just man, shoots a guy. Terrific. Like just shoots a guy in his shoulder and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Dude, that's dude. awesome. Bows are their own special ability. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of special abilities, the way that they finally defeat Devil Bomb is using the uh, oh, what, what's the actual what, what's the name that they call it? Oh, the Jacker Kovac. It's, it's like Jacker a ring around Kovaku. the rosy kind of a thing. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a ring around the rosy thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, they all they'll grab arms around the the big bad and start like literally like just spinning around him. Um, and it's great because at one point it cuts to an, uh, like a shot above them, and I'm pretty sure it's literally just action figures that are spinning around. They actually <laughs> took a photograph and they spun it around. I, I, That's even better. Yeah, it's a, it's like it's <laughs> actual photograph on like you know cardstock or whatever, and just spun the hell around it. I always love Good. though that like there's that shot like it's they're flinging him up with the energy, and like it's like the monster falling in reverse, but he's like sparking, and there's just like that upward mm-hmm. moving explosion. Yeah, it's yep. really cool. Yeah. Um yeah. the narration basically says that they they like irradiate the opponent so far that they explode him. <laughs> which <Yeah>. is pretty <laughs> brutal, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they do that, um but then of course they find out that they have to that the island's gonna explode, so they so they make a bad dash and then fly away. We get one last really great uh model explosion. And that's the that's the episode. It's just cut, a cut, somber cut, moment cut, of reflection. Cut. And then just, yep. and then we'll see you next week, basically. Yep. Um, <laughs> see you next week. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so fun looking back on this episode because it, it really represents what was really working about those first couple episodes of Jack Out. Like for about 12 or 13 episodes, it's basically this, it's basically this episode <laughs> and a lot of other like Jack members show up and um, there's a couple other like fun little cameos, um, including like the token black guy who's a, who appears in several um toei action films um mm-hmm. i think he was an e-spy and a couple other things but once episode like 13 kicks in uh the tone completely shifts karen gets a haircut and suddenly it's Ooh. oh no the little league team is in danger we have to rescue them you guys oh, <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. and then finally uh big one shows up played by the, the one and only hiroshi miyauchi who is very very sort of charismatic but he takes over the show. Uh, I mean, the talking gotcha. hamster is still there, but he doesn't really isn't there for long. But oh, thank God! I know priorities. <laughs> priorities. <laughs> but uh, and then like their their final move is replaced by the big bomber, which is basically an old style cannon that is. It's like a cannon. It's, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and it's just a missile that's basically the Go Ranger hurricane all over again, oh, where right. it just turns into something the monster doesn't like. So it yeah. and after that, it's just it just tumbles and it ends up cutting out at like 35 episodes as opposed to like 40 or 50, mm-hmm. um, which is a damn shame. But I, I that's why I, I love showing this episode off to people, because not only because the Yetsuko Shihomi connection, but just because just it is just insane. Yeah, and it's we, everything kind yeah. of distilled yeah. into one one episode. Yeah. So man, so if I really like this mic, I could just go to like my local, you know, shop and just pick up a DVD of this, right? Totally. Uh, no, unfortunately, <laughs> um, ba- the bad news bears of the situation. Uh, we have uh, yet to really get a lot of the older Sentai shows available on DVD. We actually had to procure this one through uh, fan subbing. Um, yep. So there's lots of great like during the during the eye catch that there's a great thing that says this is a fan sub. Don't sell it. Yeah. <laughs> well. Look on ebay but the main thing <laughs> is that uh i will say this is that um if you are kind of like lo- listening to this and you're like man this super sentai stuff sounds kind of interesting well a lot of the later shows are now being made available on dvd so um shout factory has been putting out um every sentai Doing show God's work yeah pretty much since uh g ranger so since the, the what was the basis for the first two seasons of uh, mighty morphin power rangers 
And that's been going on. They, they're now up to the 1998 series Go Go 5, which was um, Lightspeed oh, wow. Rescue. So, really? Yeah. Dang. yeah they're gonna I didn't pro- know they were releasing all of those. Oh, yeah. It's probably going to be... Uh, we're probably going to get Time Ranger probably by the end of the year, is what we're thinking. And that'll put us huh. into, like, 2000. So we're wow. catching Very up. Cool. Oh, it's goodness. Which is blowing my mind, having, you know, grown up on bootlegs. But uh, the reason I bring that up mm-hmm. as well is if you... Um, like this and you, you love kind of like action pedigrees the two seasons that are out that i would ask you to check out are die ranger which was the 1993 series uh five star sentai um die ranger which is basically a whole wonderful experience with uh chinese martial arts and mythology um mm. and it's really damn fine um action choreography and some great storytelling kind of oh, wow flaws you know kind of is a little flawed in some respects but it's still really good and it's in my top three favorites oh cool um the second season i would recommend is kaku ranger uh, ninja sentai kaku ranger which is the basis for uh mighty morphin alien rangers and to some extent the power rangers movie um (laughs) the reason i bring that up is because uh show kosugi's son Kane Kosugi is in it. Kane Kosugi. Yeah, he's in it as uh, Ninja Black Jiraiya, the only member of the team who doesn't speak Japanese. Uh, because <laughs> at the time, Kane Kosugi literally could not speak Japanese. They worked it into the plot. But they're That's like, awesome. But it's huh. like, well, because of your dad, uh, we kind of want you in on this. So, um, But he's a capable fighter in of himself. And Sho Kosugi shows up later on in the show to fight him. No way. Yeah, so it's, they make this big event out of it. So um, there's also so, a couple... Um, yeah, go Marty- on. Matthew, I, I don't know. Sho Kosugi was like really well known for like playing like ninja characters and movies. So yeah, gotcha. that's pretty cool. That's really cool. Yeah, like Pray for Death, <laughs> a Ninja, you know, like Ninja Two, the um, oh no, was it Ninja Three, the Extermination, or was it Ninja Two, the uh, yeah, a lot of domination them came out yeah. here, yeah. yeah. But um, I was say I've actually heard of some of those. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because Sho Kosugi, I mean, he is synonymous with like you know rental store. Um, yes. Ninja films, <laughs> basically. Yeah, Ninja yeah, 3, I the domination, of, that's what it was. Right, something yeah. like that, like American Ninja or Cynthia Rothrock, you know, China O'Brien. All that and stuff. Like, you know, Billy Blanks and like Sho Kosugi would be like right on the same uh, aisle. <laughs> right. For sure, for sure. So I feel oh, like that's, that's half, cool. half of this show is that aisle. So pretty yeah, much, it's just yeah. you staring at it and just being like, yeah, just stick one arm at the end of the the aisle and just put it all in the cart. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so again, yeah. those are available as of right now. Uh, Shoutfactory.com, also on Amazon. If you are strapped for cash, hold tight for the summer because they will probably have another marathon and with it a bunch of flash sales. So oh, stay cool. tuned for that. Huh, um, very neat. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, If you like the show, then uh, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Podcast Attic. That's what I've been using now when I have an Android phone. You can check us out on Facebook, Heroes 3 Podcast. If you're checking us out from whatever subreddit I'm able to post this on, then thank you for visiting from that. I think there actually is a Tokusatsu one, so I'll I'll, I'll check out that. There's a couple. You follow us on Twitter at Heroes the Number 3 Podcast. Mike, do you have any plugs that you want to say? Um, straight away, two big ones. Um, and I've, I just thought of this as we were talking about uh, Shot Factory. If you want more Etsuko Shihomi and Tokusatsu action uh, from like the 1970s, Generation Kikaida is a thing that you can check out. It's a website. They're based out of Hawaii. Uh, they are the license holders for Kikaider, Kikaider 01, um, both of which have a lot of Jack involvement, um, Kamen Rider V3, and Inazuman, as well as the Kikaider... Um, reboot film 
creatively called Kihider Reboot. Um, this, yeah, <laughs> uh, they are. They also have a couple of flash sales. They don't really announce it as much. So follow them on Facebook or social media. Uh, and you can get a pretty good deal. Also, if you're wanting to get stuff internationally, they will work with you if you email them. Uh, so go check <laughs> them out. Um, Very cool. The other thing, if you like martial arts stuff as well and you want more stuff on YouTube, um, please check out my fam over at Art School Dropouts. They do a lot of really cool stuff. Um, specifically, uh, they do uh, Martial Arts Mondays, which is like different style demos and different tech demos. Uh, mm. Really good group of people. And then I co-wrote a web series with them called The Forgotten Kingdom, a Kung Fu LARP story. It's as amazing as it sounds. Uh, can... <laughs> it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's very cool. you can um, check that out on YouTube um, and Facebook. Just look up Art School Dropouts. But otherwise, if you want more rambling, um, which you are a saint if you really want that after all this, uh, check <laughs> me out on uh, Twitter over at mock underscore dent. I'm also on Instagram as mock.dent. Right, well, again, thank you so much, Mike, for being a part of this episode. We definitely would not have gotten this episode would have been like 30 minutes of us just talking about how cool the episode is. And that's it. <laughs> that's a good so. thing, though, it's with, especially with something like this. I mean, come on now. <laughs> and I really have to thank you just in general, because the you were very integral to our whole little like uh, journey through Japanese cinema. So, yeah, I'm thanks taking a, a couple pounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last last episode, we called out you like five times, and yeah. Carlos was like, "I don't know if we should keep doing this." <laughs> Might go to his head. Oh, okay. oh, jeez, what are you We're talking on about? On record Ego. right now, yeah. Mike. I'm complimenting yeah. you on record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll use this against right. me later when he's trying to get out of a bill. No. <laughs> so, so, Carlos, what is our training for next week? So I'm actually uh, going to pass it over to Marty because uh, I think we decided on something that's really going to center us. I know we've been diverting our attention away from Hong Kong, and I think mm-hmm. that we've got a great film that's going to really uh, get us right back on track. Yeah. So Marty, what, what do you think we're going to talk yeah, about? What's our training for next week? Well, Marty? it's also been exciting because we've now just kind of gotten our feet wet with uh, Japanese action cinema, and there's so much more that we can get back to some point in the future. But we are returning to Hong Kong uh, with an absolute classic series of films, Police Story, starting with the very first Police Story film from 1985. So these, Which also is the only film that we've watched so far that I had actually already seen. So Woo-hoo! that's really yeah. nice. Oh, nice. that's so cool. Nice. Police Story is such an amazing movie. I can't uh, wait to talk about it. And it's really an example of Jackie Chan elevating Hong Kong cinema. Um, almost, I mean, he and his team really kind of single-handedly taking them into an international market, yeah. the likes of which they had never really experienced. And it's a little bit easier to find than some of the movies we've been doing. So, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, until next week where we start looking at Police Story, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And I guess I'm Mike. You are Mike. Hey. <laughs> and we are the Heroes 3 plus Mike. Remember your training. <laughs> Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.